When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to the Chicago Audible podcast, changing up the way Bears fans stay up to date on their favorite team since 2015. Now get ready. Because it's time to bear down. Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the Chicago Audible. It's been a few weeks since the whole crew's been together, and it feels like, I don't know, it's just great to be back behind the mic for our first game preview of the season. I'm Earl Swildewit, and I want to thank you for joining us for this Bears-Dolphins preseason preview. I'm joined by both my co-hosts, Nicholas Moriano and Mason West. Nick, I know you've just been slaying it with those camp reports, although it's been a kind of interesting week with the weather not playing so nice, different level of access with the media. Um, But regardless, uh, you're back in action here uh, today, which I believe, and we'll get to your full kind of camp practice report in just a short bit, but today was a good day. Today was a very good day, especially if you're a fan of that guy, Justin Fields, if you heard of him, it was definitely a good day today. Yeah, it seemed like, uh, love the shirt there, Mason, uh, for those listening, has a nice Justin Fields shirt, but a really strong day for the rookie. Can't wait to talk about that here in just a few minutes. But Mason, uh, it's been a few weeks since I've seen you. How have you been, man? Overall, pretty good. You know, unfortunately, I do have a real job, so I haven't been able to make it out to uh, training camp. I did get to go one day with Nick. I know he shared some of my thoughts, and it was a really fun day. It was really cool. Got to meet some really cool people. Saw some funny stuff. Uh, and so hopefully we can keep that moving forward. Absolutely. I think this is a good time real quick to just kind of let people know our plans for this preseason game because typically we're all watching it from our homes, and we do a post-game show right after the fact. But I think things are going to be just a little bit different based off of a few emails that we got earlier th- earlier this afternoon. Right, Nick? Yep, absolutely. We will be for, we don't know how it's going to work, but we'll be at Soldier Field watching, covering this Bears Dolphins game, and we'll figure it out on the fly. We're at the, again, call an audible and see what we'll end up doing. But first time, and it's exciting though. Yeah, first time going to Soldier Field as members of the media covering this team. It's going to be a whole different look and vibe, really, uh, compared to being in the stands with the remaining 
fans and I know we're kind of doing preparations and I actually sent you Mason a second microphone for us to kind of share uh, throughout our post game show from Amazon and I think it took three and a half hours to get from the order to your doorstep which still blows my mind I'm pretty sure someone was sitting at a computer saw the order grabbed the actual microphone and just sprinted it to my front door it was pretty amazing it's amazing it was clutch and now we're all set uh, we have a couple other equipment pieces that we've taken with us a soldier but just want to let everyone know at the top of it, if you don't see us hit this stream live as soon as the final whistle blows, which has always been uh, kind of our bread and butter for the past six seasons, there's a little bit uh, of different nuances as we kind of go through. Heck, I don't even know what Soldier Field Wi-Fi is going to be like, or if, Nick, you're going to have to use your 5G to kind of hotspot us. That may have to be the ticket. Uh, I don't even know if I have the hotspot anymore, so we'll have to figure <laughs> it out. But from what I've heard... It's maybe not the best, but again, we'll test it out and see how it goes on Saturday. Absolutely. So let's go ahead and before we get into our game preview, Nick, I want to give you the floor just for a short bit to give us a very quick recap of what happened today at Bears Camp, which really kind of, I think, helped guide the remainder of our conversation for this entire episode. Yeah, so today was, again, you were kind of talking about it earlier, Will, about the praxis on Wednesday where it was rained out, it was a little weird. It, again, it was a joint practice between the Bears and Dolphins, but today it was things were starting to heat up, and that was in terms of the weather, but also some fights that were kind of breaking out throughout training camp. And it started with Khalil Mack and a guy that Bears fans should be familiar with, Adam Shaheen. So there's one-on-one blocking drills, and Mack, obviously won his rep Shaheen didn't like that and so they got into a little scuffle in the middle the outside linebackers tight ends kind of came together they had to be separated but Mac was not done after that he was kind of jawing and just kind of yelling back at Shaheen and you know that man getting him angry and vocalized like that like I don't know what Shaheen's really thinking of but there was that Travis Gibson was getting into it with another tight end then you had Cole Komet in one of the, the Dolphins safeties so it was a little heated there but that that heat also kind of translated to Justin Fields in his game what he was able to do today just lighting up this Dolphins secondary especially in the red zone just being very proficient with his passes of course finding his guy Jesse James finding Javon Wims he also found you know um, a guy that has been Making a lot of headlines as of late, Javon, uh, John Bay Johnson. So guys that are just, they keep coming up when in terms of fields and just him lighting it up. But easily his best day of camp, he just looked calm and collective. Even when nothing was there initially, he would just survey the field. He found Riley Ridley for a nice gain over the middle of the field. Just a lot of good to come from this practice in terms of Justin Fields and what he was able to do in this practice. And then you had some really, I had a good, really good vantage point of some of the one-on-one defensive linemen versus the, the Miami Dolphins offensive lineman drills. And Bilal Nichols was a guy that was dominating from start to finish. So he had a lot of wins in his reps, but I would say in the red zone period, and then I have to mention like the, the Bears starting defense caused a bunch of turnovers on Tua Tungavailoa and that starting Dolphins offense. So I would say overall, the day was won by the Bears and their starting units over the Dolphins. And it was clear from the very beginning of camp all the way to the end. So really good day for for a lot of the Bears players, but specifically Justin Fields, who had his best day of Bears training camp so far. And Nick, a lot of that work from Fields and really where he shined today, based off what I saw, that was really in the red zone, right? Yeah, red zone. They did a little bit two-point conversion stuff as well, but 
just efficient. And if he didn't see a receiver open, there was one play where he just took it himself, uh, where, again, just seeing nothing and then making it happen by himself. And that's something that clearly Justin Fields is capable of. So, yeah, very proficient in the red zone, an area where the Bears have you know struggled for years. Just a little bit. I've actually been doing a little research, and uh, hopefully by the time we get back behind the mic, maybe for another preview, uh, I'll get some good stats there because, Nick, you mentioned it. The Bears have just been struggling in the red zone for quite some time, and I've been looking into those deep woes in the red zone struggles from a passing perspective, and it's really it's not pretty. And Nick, I know we're going to get to our Bears offense preview in just a few moments. And I know we said game preview, but it is only preseason. So for everyone listening, this preview won't really follow our typical game preview format. It's going to be more the lines of this is what we're going to be watching in all three phases at all the different tiers of the depth chart. But Nick, before we get to that specifically, right back to you for a message from our friends over at Manscaped. Yeah, so attention listeners from across the galaxy, all the way from Australia to Houston. Do we have a puke problem? If so, our friends at Manscaped have cleared you for takeoff with their fourth generation and brand new Lawnmower 4.0. Kick your pubes to the next planet with the Performance Package 4.0. The orbits in your pants will feel like you're in zero gravity when you use the best tools for the job from the leaders in male grooming. Join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get your rocket ready for takeoff by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20. If you're looking for an out-of-world experience, look no further than the Performance Package 4.0. From Manscaped, of course, that has just taken off not only in the U.S., but Canada, the U.K., across Europe, Australia, South Africa, and even Singapore. Inside this package, you'll find their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag to hold your whole solar system together. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. For a clean trinity and beyond, your space balls will thank you. And Nick, I thank you for going through that one here for us. That was really great stuff. And Let's just dive into this preview. Again, Bears-Dolphins preseason week one. Mason, is this the most excited you've ever been for a Bears preseason game in your life? And don't lie. I mean, it it really has to be. Looking back, I mean, there was some excitement the first time we saw Mitch Trubisky also trying to trot out there as a Chicago Bear. But, you know, I just, it just wasn't the same level of intensity, right? You heard from training camp that you didn't have the same intensity type of positive aspects that were coming out obviously Glennon was the set in starter there wasn't really anyone pulling for Mitch to pop in right away and the flashes that Fields has been able to show the things that we've seen from the defense being able to hold their own right some of these weapons like Cole Komets it looks really exciting Dave Montgomery there's just so many more pieces that we can now talk about and look forward to in this preseason game whereas normally it's like all right starters are out well all right I guess let's get ready for the Ryan Nall show Yay. And that was about it. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're not wrong. And maybe also a year away from preseason games helps make them feel uh, a little bit more important. One less, I think, also helps. But Justin Fields, 
by and large, is the biggest reason to be excited for this game. And we'll talk about him in just a little bit. But I do want to begin with this Bears offense. Uh, we'll be getting some of our first looks at the newer veterans on the team, like Andy Dalton, potentially Marquise Goodwin, Demir Bird, and like a Damian Williams. Uh, we know reps for these guys are going to be scarce, especially for Dalton. And looking at the Bears' depth chart, Bird and Williams may play more with the second team as well. But guys, I want to know when it comes to just this group of players, what do you want to see out of some of the new faces come Saturday afternoon and Nick I'll go to you first actually I'm going to go to the offensive line just to see who the Bears are trotting out there at this point in terms of new faces right now the Bears are without another guy Alex Burr Alex Barr's got injured with a knee injury in today's practice so it could be a starting offensive line looking on Saturday of Elijah Wilkinson Cody Whitehair Sam Mustafer Arlington Hambright and Lachavius Simmons so seeing how those tackles hold up for Andy Dalton for maybe the six to eight reps that they might get in this preseason game against the Dolphins. But really just looking to see how this offensive line is going to hold up when we've already seen in training camp practices, they haven't been very good. The Dolphins have had their way with them so far throughout these joint practices. So I'm kind of just looking, not maybe so much new faces, Elijah Wilkinson would fit in that category, but just to see how that line will hold up. And it will carry over for a few of the reps at least when Justin Fields goes in, which will be from, you know, whenever those six to eight reps are done with Dalton into possibly the fourth quarter, like Matt Nagy was saying today in in, in his press conference. So looking to see how that offensive line plays throughout this entirety of that, that game against the Dolphins. Mason, Nick brought up the offensive line. I had a segment kind of outlined for it, but I think it's a good time to just kind of discuss them because it hasn't been pretty throughout camp. And I'm just curious about your expectations for Saturday. Can it get ugly? I think we know the answer to that is yes. Uh, I'm going to expect some struggles against this Dolphins first team defense. Um, but what do you think will happen for the majority of the game once the starters are out and we have some backups in there? I think it's going to be very, very simple. <clears throat> and normally, you know, preseason, as simple as it is, there's not a lot of exotic looks. But <clears throat> you really don't want to go too complex here. And you really don't want these second, third string linemen to get exhausted. You don't want really long drives. You don't want to have to have them sit back there and protect Justin Fields um, or Danny Dalton or Nick Foles for that matter for too long because, and we saw this uh, when Nick and I were at training camp on that last Sunday, basically the third stringers were second stringers and all the second stringers were first stringers. So there just aren't as many bodies that are going to be available. And so that conditioning is going to be so, so important. So one would imagine that they're really going to keep it simple, get the ball out quick, you know, and really just rely on a lot of those timing passes in order to keep the linemen as fresh as possible. Yeah, that would make a lot of sense. Uh, more importantly, because you're looking at some of these guys, uh, like an Elijah Wilkinson, like, a, well, Alex Bars went out with a knee, Nick. How does that, how did that kind of change the offensive line today? I don't know what you're allowed to say, but how can that impact Saturday with Alex Bars now? Another Bears offensive lineman having to leave practice with an injury. Well, yeah, like I said, Arlington Hambright had to fill in at that right guard for the starting unit and that's next to Lachavius Simmons that's two seventh round draft picks you guys next to each other on the starting Ooh, offensive right line right next to an undrafted free agent right next to an undrafted free agent and then obviously a free agent acquisition for Elijah Wilkinson so that's your starting Bears offensive lineman you guys and so I think again like what Mason was kind of saying you got to keep it pretty simple I would expect you know the ball to come out quick regardless of who the quarterback is. And you have the luxury of Justin Fields who can escape the pocket, 
when it inevitably does collapse and he can obviously make plays. So it's going to be an interesting game plan. And Matt Nagy actually kind of talked about it. Like, will the offensive line also kind of impact what you do with certain quarterbacks or how long you want to keep Justin Fields in? He kind of said, yes, it it will to a certain degree. But he also said, hey, we're just going to have to, you know, draw plays that gives them extra help. So maybe chip blocks from the tight ends or the running backs, whatever it may be. But it's not an ideal situation. And the Bears are just going to figure out on the go, on the fly, like we are when we get to Soldier Field when we're covering the game on Saturday. So many similarities right now. I I like that you drew that parallel, Nick. Mason, I think this is probably a very good opportunity to kind of gain your expertise from a physical therapy standpoint, a rehab standpoint, with a Tevin Jenkins. We haven't all been able to get on a pod to discuss this, and he hasn't practiced yet all of camp. Uh, How worried are you? And then on top of that, too, uh, secondarily, I want to also kind of get, if you can, uh, some insight on maybe the hip flexor for like Jermaine Effetti, another starter that the Bears are kind of without right now. Yeah, so first of all, I want to pump the brakes on the thought process of comparing him to, you know, like a Tevin Jenkins to like a Kevin White, right, or a Chris Williams. Those names reverberate in Bears fans' minds as all my, like the worst thing possible. Now, it's definitely concerning that he's been out as long as he has. I believe it's what up to 12 practices now that he hasn't been in. Yep. And the, if the bears knew that it was going to be this long, it would have been more likely he would have started on the pup because you could have had an extra body in camp from the get go. So they pro and you also saw, right. You know, all these reports, he's pulling a sled up a, up a hill and he's doing a lot of things that someone who's on the way back would be doing. Then he stopped doing that again on Sunday. He was either on the bike or standing with a piece of paper in his hands. There was no in between there. So one has to imagine there was some kind of setback, you know, like he was getting a little better and then all of a sudden the spasms got a little bit worse. The thing that's really hard with the low back is once you have that problem already there, you know, depending on who's doing the diagnosing and who's doing the rehab, the low back is usually the patsy. Like it ends up being painful, but it's usually because something else, right? That it's usually a, a hip issue, tight weakness. Uh, sometimes it's all as low as the knee, thoracic tightness. There's all these different things. And one would hope that the Bears have a team that's really getting diving into this. But a lot of those problems can't get taken care of in a week or two, right? Especially if they thought, all right, he left his last game at college, moved on, that's behind us. But it seems like this kind of popped up in minicamp unexpectedly. So that is a concern, especially when he doesn't have the muscle memory now to maybe make that transition to left tackle, as they were hoping. So if he, when he, if and when he does come back, is it going to be at right tackle, right? And you're just hoping that some of these guys, like a Larry Borum or something of that nature, can hold down the fort of that left tackle position. Now, if you now transition to some of these other guys, like, oh, with Jermaine Fetty, that hip flexor. Hip flexors are tough. Um, usually when you have a hip flexor strain like that, it, it's probably because it was during the conditioning drill. So you just didn't have the strength that was needed to carry a large, large individual through sprints of that nature. I've always found it to be kind of a little silly to have someone like that do that. Is it nice to know he can run? Sure, absolutely. Pulling guards, all that stuff. But at the same time, I don't need him doing 40-yard wind sprints. That's just not what he has to do. So <clears throat> it's a little silly. But at the, the fact that he's still on the pup is a bit concerning for me. At this point, he probably should have been back if it was like a mild strain so it's probably a little more aggressive than we think it is um if he's not back by i would say after the second preseason game it might be a bit longer than we think okay i, I like that you kind of put like a 
a line in the sand of like kind of look at this date as you know a hopeful return or if not then red flags would you call that a red flag at that point I would. It, you really would need to see these guys obviously playing in that third preseason game because they just really haven't taken a snap in training camp. You, you can't roll out Tevin Jenkins, Jermaine Fetty. Obviously, Tariq Cohen falls in that category too, even though we, I hope everyone in the chat and listening to this knows he is not playing week one. He's not playing week two, probably not playing week three. Like, let's, get the, let's get that straight. Um, the, these guys need to get reps. You, you can't just roll out there. There's a difference between being a conditioned individual and being a football-ready individual, right? You could ride a Peloton bike for hours on end, but when you go out there to play football or play basketball or something like that, you will be tired compared to everyone else that's been playing basketball or football or whatever instead of you. So then you're worried about more long-term issues because if you rush a Tevin Jenkins out there and he hasn't had those snaps and he hasn't been able to do those things, now he's thinking, because right, he doesn't have the muscle memory. And when you think and when you have that lack of conditioning, that's when worse injuries happen. That's when ACL tears happen. That's where you get a bulging disc. And obviously, you do not want that for your offensive tackle that you traded up to get. No, you do not. So I appreciate that insight as painful as it was to hear. Uh, a little sobering as well. What about you, Nick? How did How did you take it? I'm like most people listening and who will listen tomorrow and in the coming weeks of, well, the Bears fans are already freaking out about who's not playing on the offensive line and already making those comparisons to Kevin White, Gabe Creamy. I'm like, come on, let's, you know, put on the brakes a little bit, but we'll, we'll have to wait and see. And, you know, the Bears are doing what they can with the bodies that they have, and they may just need to get more bodies at this point because offensive linemen keep going down. And despite wearing those giant, and I know that's more for for the like to prevent head injuries, but if like you see photos in practice, like the linemen are wearing like th- this padding over their helmets to prevent you know concussion stuff because two off Bears offensive linemen already suffered concussions in these training camps and obviously all the various other injuries. So it is concerning. Matt Nagy though, like he k- keeps saying like, hey, it's all gonna work out, everything's gonna you know go to plan, and he's not too too concerned, but he does know there's an emphasis to, you know, find that starting left tackle to get that guy some reps, whoever it may be at this point because of, uh, you know, injury concerns. So wait and see kind of game, but like week one's going to be here. And if you don't have people that are available and ready, it doesn't matter if it's Andy Dahl and Justin Fields, you're not going to feel too comfortable, you know, with that offensive line in front of you. No, no I'm already kind of shaking in my boots personally, and I don't even have to step out into the field. Uh, so yikes. Getting back to my main question about new players that came in and like who we're excited to see and why and what we're looking for out of them, uh, I'll begin uh, with a Damian Williams, someone that did take a year off last season, and I even though he's a number two, and even though I think he's someone that probably couldn't get by with some limited reps, I think personally I like to see him get some extended looks uh, just to kind of callous him up a little bit get back into, as Mason said, that football shape. And just in general, uh, I know Marquise Goodwin may not play. I'm assuming they won't push him too hard here. But I want to see what this Bears offensive speed can do in a game setting because I've seen it in practice when I was able to go. I've heard it from you, Nick. And it's just something I want to see translate into a game atmosphere, albeit a preseason game. Is there anything else from any of the new guys on offense uh, that you're looking for specifically? Nick? Offensively, um, I guess maybe – guys in the who are going to play on second team third team there's some of those guys i'm really looking forward to like chris lacy is a guy that number 17 for the bears who has been you know a, a, the recipient from a lot of justin fields passes because he's working with that second team who's 
and who has been in also the mix at like the kickoff team and also punt teams. And, you know, those are, you, you kind of gauge who's out there and that could give you an indication of where they might be on this roster bubble. So uh, like a guy like Chris Lacey, I'm looking at John V. Johnson, like I mentioned, um, Rodney Adams has been a guy that has gotten a lot of receptions as well. So guys like that. Guys like that. This is preseason week one. Uh, I love where we're at right now. How about you, Mason? Is there anything specifically out of Andy Dalton that you want to see in his eight reps that he'll get? So Andy Dalton, he's going to really have to do well in those eight reps. He's the per- he's probably the one person in all of the Chicagoland area that heard that he's going to get eight reps and Justin Fields is going to potentially play, you know, from there all the way into the fourth quarter that hated that news. Because right now there's already this fire burning that isn't Andy Dalton's hair um, for the Justin Fields hype train. And if Fields goes out there and lights it up, what is he going to do about that? It's just, it's going to overwhelm him. Especially after a day where he got intercepted by Andrew Van Ginkle. You know, no offense to Mr. Van Ginkle, but I mean, I would never want to get picked off by a guy with that name. Um, it's it's hard to come back from that. Um, and it wouldn't be surprising if he, like we said, that the, the Bears are going to go super simple because of this line issue. He doesn't get a lot of looks with those eight reps, right, to actually put up any points or anything like that. And all of a sudden, here comes Justin Fields having to scramble for his life, do some crazy shortstop arm angle throw that gets played on ESPN for the next week. And the, the writing would be on the wall at that point. Um, so it's going to be tough. But it's also going to be really interesting to see how the Bears roll out different formations. I think I would love to see what he's going to do, what, what Mag Nagy is going to do, like two tight end sets. Is that something that Jesse James is going to see a little bit more of in terms of his play? You know, is Jimmy Graham going to play between the 20s or is he purely a red zone threat at this point? Is Allen Robinson going to be in the slot? When you have Marquise Goodwin and uh, Demir Bird on the outside, or Darnell Mooney on the outside, so the are they going to try to use Williams and Montgomery on the field at the same time in a two running back set? So they're not going to get again too exotic as preseason, but just seeing how they stack the talent because they have more weapons this year than they've really ever had. So how are they going to utilize all these weapons to their best efficiency? Yes, I uh, definitely agreed. And with limited reps, it's going to be hard to kind of. You know, divvy up those touches to get guys those looks that you may need, but also guys that they maybe don't shine too much light on are a great indicator of who they are planning to have bigger roles here on the offense come to regular season. So we talked about the offensive line, how worried we are about that, and obviously protection is going to be key uh, for once Justin Folds enters the game. Heck, it's, it's key for Andy Dalton too, uh, especially because he's a little less mobile. So let's take some time, though, to talk about Justin Fields and his unofficial debut in Chicago. He's going to be, you know, he's someone as Nick have seen, uh, he's improving each and every single day at camp. He's getting more comfortable in this offense. And now it's time for the next challenge of seeing his first NFL live game action. So guys, I want to know what are your expectations for fields in his debut? And what do you hope uh, we'll see come Saturday? Because I know I'm expecting a very strong day for fields. Obviously there's the Pretty good chance of an occasional growing pain, and I'm not looking for protection out of Justin Fields, but I am looking toward more people getting to see that arm talent on full display in a national level. And if he does make mistakes, since he'll be out there from you know snap nine through the fourth quarter, how can he overcome those mistakes in a game setting on a drive-by-drive basis? Those are just some very surface-level things I'm paying attention to. Nick, how about you? 
the thing that I want to see from Justin Fields and obviously just preseason game one is the comfortability running this offense, knowing that he's been in here, what, 13 days of training camp and obviously the OTAs and things like that. But just seeing that he can get the play out there, the verbiage, like he, Matt Nagy's already said that he's mastered that, but seeing that it can now translate to a game like setting it obviously against an opposing team, get everybody set in places where they need to be. Like, Will, you pointed out in one of the practices that, hey, someone's going, Jesse James, I think, was going the wrong way. And Justin Fields said, hey, you got to go the other other way. So seeing that he is not, not I'm gonna, not going to say a master of this offense, but he knows what he needs to do. He knows what everybody's running. He knows where the progression should be. And he looks comfortable out there. And I think each and every day you've seen Justin Fields do that throughout training camp. So just take what he's done so far and now translate that to a game-like setting where, look, he's at Ohio State, what, there's 100,000 fans in that stadium, 62,000 at Soldier Field. He knows how to play in these kind of environments. This is not going to be too big for him. So just really seeing that he can just command this offense because we know he can make the throws. We know he has a deep ball accuracy and he can throw a sidearm and get outside the pocket. So not really too concerned about the physical things that just feels has to do. And I'm not saying I'm not, I'm concerned about the mental stuff. I just want to see it happen because mm-hmm. he's been doing it in training camp each and every day and getting better at it. So I want to see it translate to game like action. Right. It's that next step along his progression, becoming the bears future franchise quarterback and he's done a great job throughout camp of getting better and now this is that next litmus test that we need to see how he shows up and heck if he somehow if he struggles in this game we have a couple more preseason games to watch him grow from it and that as a Bears fan should be reassuring because everything I've seen and heard about Justin Fields is that he's going to come back better than he was the previous snap and that's something I'm looking forward to watching on Saturday Mason how about you anything we haven't mentioned when it comes to Justin uh, that is going to kind of be on your radar some of the boring stuff, but the really important stuff, how quickly does he get out of the huddle, right? How like many seconds are left on the clock when that happens? Um, and even just things like, you know, obviously the whole talk leading up to the draft and through it was how he couldn't do progressions, which has been proven to be silly at this point. Um, but how does he do that in a live game against a team like the Dolphins? It's a very active defense, right? It's a very young, fast defense. So how does he do against a quicker one? And how is that touchdown to touchdown mentality i guess this has now been changed we got rid of the check down for the most part is he going to take the deep shots and what is that accuracy going to look like on those deep shots we already know that they should be pretty good but it's gonna be really cool to actually see that live and in action for the first time yeah it really really is now guys i want to play a game here up next and it's gonna be i'm gonna give you a position and you're gonna tell me the player you're most excited to watch at that position and why. And I'm not going to do quarterback because we just talked about it. You can't lie and tell me it's someone else. It's Justin Fields. We all know it. So we'll stay in the backfield and we'll go running back. And Nick, I'll go to you first. Who is the running back that you're most excited to see and why? I'm not going to take Mason's guys. So I'm going to go with (laughs) CJ Marble being a guy that I think has actually even in today's practice showing that shiftiness and you know Mason saw a little bit of that when he was at training camp for the day that he went so CJ Marble guy that definitely on the outside looking in in terms of trying to make this roster and you know if you're given the same position to Mason you already know who he's going to say so I'll say CJ Marble see what he can do in this first preseason action love it how about you Mason I don't even know why I'm asking I mean, it has to be Khalil Herbert. Like, that's not even a question. Uh, he he was just really electric when I got to see him in person on that day. 
he just has this juice to him, hence why his Twitter handle also has juice in there. He's got this wiggle to him. He's got this burst, you know, like you think that the play was dead after a one-yard gain. All of a sudden, he's you know, shoots forward for an extra five yards. Uh, plus, he's going to be important in the return game. He, he has been listed as the primary uh, kick returner. And so that's obviously, as we know, very important. We don't want to see that phase fall away as we lost Cordell Patterson. So I think he's going to be a guy that can very easily contribute to the offense, but then have that special teams aspect as well. Juice Wiggle Burst. That would be a great T-shirt. <laughs> I like that. There we go. <laughs> All right. Uh, I, I think I always show my cards here. I already mentioned him, uh, Damien Williams. Again, probably not getting a ton of reps, um, but someone that who should be a tremendous number two in this backfield. Excited to see his first reps. And, hey, it'll be a Bears running back with a single-digit number out there uh, in Williams. So for fans that haven't been to practice yet, that may take uh, some second looks to kind of get used to. Uh, let's move over to wide receiver, though. Mason, over to you. Uh, who are you most excited to see and why? Uh, I'm going to go with probably Riley Ridley. And it's more of a low-key reason. I just think he's going to probably be the receiver that's right on the bubble of making the fifth, sixth receiver to really round out that the depth there. And that's going to be very important, obviously, in the world of COVID that we're living in. We've already seen a rash of injuries. Uh, you know, Daz Newsom already was out with a broken collarbone. So can he actually make enough plays and show that he deserves to be around? Because we talked about this in previous podcasts. I mean, I just am not a big Javon Wims guy. I just don't think he's going to be around. He's dropped a lot of passes. I think I counted four when I was there on Sunday that he should have absolutely caught uh, coming from, you know, my seat in the bleachers and not on the field. Uh, amongst all these gigantic men but so for Riley Ridley he has to show that he can be a contributor or else someone like a John Bay Johnson is going to swoop in and push him for that well you took mine no you didn't take mine but you mentioned mine John Bay Johnson JVJ he keeps making those waves throughout practice that new camp hero kind of guy and I want to see if he can again take it to the game and he and Justin have been clicking with some deep connections and I know earlier when we're talking about quarterbacks and offensive line, we're trying to keep it simple. I still want to see Justin Fields push that football. And if he is, I have a hunch that John V. Johnson's going to be on the receiving end uh, of those bombs. So for that reason, that's who I'm most excited to see and why. And really, when I was there at camp with Nick, we didn't see a lot of John V. Johnson. He didn't do too much. So I'm excited to see how much he's kind of grown and clicked and kind of built some chemistry with Justin Fields. Nick, how about you? I'll go with Chris Lacey, one of those guys I mentioned earlier. He's a guy that Justin Fields has targeted throughout this training camp. And, again, it's it's a hard time for John V. Johnson, Chris Lacey, even Riley Ridley to a certain extent to make this roster right now wide receiver just because of the new guys, the established new guys that the Bears have brought in and what they've done so far throughout training camp. But those three guys probably battling for – Maybe John V. Johnson and Chris Lacey a practice squad spot, but obviously Riley really is just trying to make this roster. If anything, yes, he's practice squad eligible, but yeah, all those guys are in the mix right now. What about tight end, Nick? Are you going to go with the outlaw? I could go Jesse James, but I'll go with actually Jesper Horstead, who's been you know with the flow now that it's a little weird to see, but he, he does have a nice set of uh, hair there, and he's made he's made a couple of plays here and there, not. To, to the extent of Jesse James, who Justin Fields each and every practice finds at least two to three times in a practice. And they're usually ones going for a touchdown. But Jesper Horstead's a guy that's clearly just trying to fight for a roster spot here. And he has had some seam routes down the middle where he's caught a few balls from Justin Fields and also Nick Foles. But 
it's a guy that those those last roster spots you have to show up not only at your position that you're playing but really in special teams aspect as well really good point i'm glad you're finally getting on some of that horstead hype over here mr moriano but how about you mason which tight end are you most intrigued to watch for me it is going to be the outlaw jesse james because I'm really interested to see if the Bears can finally get a tight end that can do a play simply a nice chip on a defensive end and leak out into the flat for a five-yard gain. Right? Something as simple as that. And Jesse James is built to do that. He's built to be a blocker, right? work up to the second level, and leak out on a screen pass or anything like that. And I think that's something that whoever the quarterback is, Andy Dalton, Justin Fields, will really benefit from especially if defenses are queuing in on the you know Cole Komets of the world and the Allen Robinsons. Good point there, Mason. Right back to you, though. Offensive line, good luck. Oh, man, let's look at this list of people that they have right now. Um, so I would really like to see Larry Borum, but, I mean, just not probably going to happen. I don't even yeah. know where he is currently in that. So, really, it's going to go back to uh, the stalwart currently-ish, Sam Mustafer. You know, how does he... Can he carry over what he did last year? And so far, it seems in training camp that he's been able to do that. Right? Can he be the leader on the offensive line? And especially with all these newer guys in there. I mean, right? he's, he's going to have to do a lot more calling out of protections and where he needs individuals to slide, things like that. Uh, just can he carry over what he did last year and what we're hoping he can be? Sure. How about you, Nick? I'm going to go with Dieter Eselin. He was actually on one of the first team uh, offensive lines and one of the Bears practices because so many guys have been injured and just a guy that former rugby player grew up in South South Africa and I actually got to meet him down at um, Spirit Training Facility but the guy that got first team reps and that's more so because of the injuries along the offensive line but he's been mostly repping at that backup center also at right at the guard position so a guy where this preseason's ultra important so I'm really looking forward to seeing what he can do in this preseason game and throughout the preseason. All right, so in a very similar but yet different token, I just want you to name one player on the offense that you think has the most to gain with a strong performance on Saturday afternoon. And let's go to Mason first. The most gain would probably be John V. Johnson. I mean, it's that that last receiver spot is not set by any stretch of the imagination, right? And so by showing that he can be versatile on offense and can make some plays, hopefully, on special teams, because that's always what you kind of look for, right? Can you be a blocker? Can you be a gunner? Can you make a couple key tackles? He could win himself a spot. Yeah, uh, he can at least start to really make a strong case with a couple of preseason games to go. How about you, Nick? Who do you think has the most to gain on offense? You know, I want to say Riley Ridley, but I'm actually go with Elijah Wilkinson because of what Matt Nagy kind of said today. He wants to see more out of him because that could be because Tevin Jenkins isn't ready. And so you need to see more out of Wilkinson because you're forced to because he might be playing that left tackle position. So that's the guy that I'm going to be looking forward to watching, whether it's with Andy Dolan, that first team. And then when he carries over and still in the game, when Justin Fields finally enters um, after those six to eight, eight snaps so elijah wilkinson i think can maybe earn himself a spot early on because they're just waiting to see where tevin jenkins is at with that back injury so i'm gonna go with elijah wilkinson on this one i like it and let's flip it now who has the most to lose uh, on offense so let's go to nick because you look deep in thought and i don't want you to think too much 
Yeah, most to lose. Uh, okay, I'll, I'll go with Riley Ridley. If he does not capitalize on these moments, and Matt Nagy said consistency was a big thing with Riley Ridley. He said he has a great work ethic, but you got to put those those practices together. And he had a drop today in practice, but he also, you know, had a nice catch over the middle. So it, that, that consistency isn't there. So we need to see that in this game. If he's not going to show that throughout these three preseason games, then he won't be on this team. All right. How about you, Mason? Who do you think has the most to lose on offense? Andy Dalton. Yes, if thank you. Comes, That's who I put in my if list. He Good come, job. Yeah, if he comes out and let's just say runs five play five and out and then fumbles the snap on the second series and then he gets yanked just because it's like, all right, those are your, your seven, eight plays. And then Justin Fields comes in and does Justin Fieldsy things. Again, he might be done. That might be it. Like, all right, well, game number two is – Going to get a little bit more, eh, Justin's getting a little more run again. Game number three, which in theory is the dress rehearsal. A- Andy, why don't you take a seat on this one? We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll run with the young guy. This, Who knows? He may not even have that many snaps throughout this preseason if this first one goes funkily. Yeah, I, that's a big reason why I put him on my short list here in my notes. The only other one, uh, Nick, you mentioned Riley Ridley, so congratulations. And I also put Javon Wims, because uh, if, I, if I read that unofficial depth chart correctly, Wims was right behind Goodwin on the depth chart. And I feel like with a few key drops, he should drop down the depth chart, uh, fall slowly. And a guy like Chris Lacey, Daz Newsom can definitely kind of supplant him as well. So I think Javon Wims does have plenty to lose if he does struggle, especially with those drops that we've seen throughout most of camp. And unfortunately, he's extended from that wild card game against the New Orleans Saints. So to wrap up our offensive preview, let's take a look at the big picture real quick on this side of the ball. And I just want one lesson that you think will, as fans, end up learning about this team. Mason, how about you? Justin Fields is a bad, bad man. <laughs> Fair, simple, and accurate. Nick? I think what we're going to learn is not maybe the answer most Bears fans are going to want to hear, but regardless of what happens in this preseason, Andy Dalton's still starting week one. I, I don't care if, if Justin Fields lights it up, Andy Dalton goes three and out for the first series, and he doesn't get, he doesn't get better in game two or game three. I, I really do believe he's going to be the starter week one. And that's that's I, I wonder if that's just Matt Nagy being like ignorant in what he told Dalton, you're the starter, we promise you that, or whatever it may be, but that's honestly what I think will happen, but we'll see how long it lasts. And and I think that's gonna be the key thing moving forward with this twenty twenty one season. You said ignorant. I think you meant adamant. Maybe a little both, but okay. yeah, I think adamant would be a better word. I'm just trying to help. That's all. Uh, For me, I believe, and we may already know it, but it's going to be cemented in our minds and our hearts. The offense line is a big problem. Currently, until they get healthy, and even then there are some question marks up front. Uh, I think if we see this line struggle throughout this game, uh, Mason talked about red flags waiting for Tevin Jenkins to get back. I'll be waving countless red flags in this current moment trying to figure out who's going to start up front because we need some serious protection now. So that's going to be the lesson, I believe, uh, that we're going to learn. And that does it for our offensive preview, which took a little bit longer than I thought it would, but that's 
uh, A-OK in my book. So let's go ahead, turn the tables, and let's kick off our defensive discussion now, and let's begin at the top and look at the starters. Uh, this is a side of the ball that has gone through some changes, just like the offense. Uh, Eddie Jackson just returned to practice. Uh, I suspect very little, if any, playing time from him. Uh, no Eddie Goldman. He's still on the COVID list. Is there anything special from a, a player, a starter, that you want to see in the limited reps while they're on the field? And Nick, uh, I'll kick it over to you. I guess it's like who you determine as a starter, but I guess I'll, that unofficial depth chart would be Kendall Vildor over Desmond Trufant right now. And I still think, like, yes, that depth chart came out, but you see just even in today's practice, the Bears are still s- switching both those guys depending on the drill that they're doing. And even when they go back to team, it'll be the opposite corner that was in there the first time. So that's really – it's going to be Vildor and Trufant, what they do – in this limited action, or maybe, maybe it, it extends into when the the second team, or like how Matt Nagy kind of put it, it's like individual reps. They're going to be a little different than like a first team or second team. So he said that would be a better way to look at it. But really, it's the the outside corner position, what they can do when when they're in. Can they capitalize on that moment? Not give up, you know, big passes, big plays, and just look like they should be the starter. Because if if none of those guys kind of runs away with this competition and still pretty even for the most part, um, then I think that that's another problem in itself. Now, I know Vildor had a pretty good play today. He had a PBU uh, from your notes. So credit Nicholas Moriano for that takeaway from practice. Awesome. Um, but I, I think you hit on a good point about playing time. If the starters go out and Vildor is still out there for a while, that's going to show you how close this kind of battle is and how much they are weighing their options. But if Vildor goes out with the starters soon thereafter, then I think it kind of shows their hand a little bit about him having a decent lead over a Desmond Trufant. So that's what I'm watching for uh, out of Kendall Vildor is how long he's out there because I want to find out where he is in this battle. But how about you, Mason? Is there any other starter on this team that you want to see uh, anything special out of throughout their limited reps? There's been a lot of reports that Cleo Mack seems to have found a little bit of that step again and making the flashes. Is that going to carry over into, even though it's only a preseason game, but into game mode? Because that's the, that front seven pressure is really what's miss, been missing the last couple of years. That hasn't been there. He clearly hasn't been healthy, even though he'll tell you if he's out there, he has to produce. I mean, that was that quote was you know thrown around a lot. So can he, in the limited snaps he has, abuse those tackles for the Dolphins and show, hey, the, the Bears are back? Love it. I'm up the. I'm playing with the front as well. Nick took secondary. You and I will take the front seven. Uh, heard about a guy looking to end his career in Chicago earlier today, looking for a little extension. Akeem Hicks, again limited reps, but I want to see Akeem firing off that ball, disrupting in the backfield. He's been doing it throughout camp. He's been doing it in these joint practices. Uh, let's see it kind of keep up. If you want that extension, and it's probably going to need to be a team friendly one at that. And I think everyone would love to see it happen if it makes sense. A great way to do it is to show up when it doesn't really matter, which is this preseason game. For a veteran like Akeem, we'd love to see it happen here. Maybe like a Bilal Nichols, too. Those two maybe as a tandem. Uh, Unfortunately, no Eddie Goldman, which leads me into our defensive line talk. And I want to mention uh, Kairos Tonga. Uh, Starting nose tackle right now with Eddie Goldman out. Obviously, we're all going to be paying attention. You know, how does he look out there? Uh, Does he play more than just the starters? And just how far Tonga is from being ready? I know this is a lot to ask out of a seventh-round rookie, um, but Mason, what are you envisioning or what do you expect uh, out of Kairos Tonga in his uh, NFL debut? 
really you're just hoping that he can contain, right? Because that's really what his role is, eat up blocks so that some of the other guys in Akeem Hicks, Aquil Mack, the linebackers, and Roquan Smith, Jane Gervathan can clean up the run game, right, and can get to their pass assignments as needed. So if we can see – and that's the thing too. The Dolphins' running game is not spectacular, right? I mean, it's not like they have a stalwart running back back there. They really should not be getting big chunk plays. So if we can keep that, you know, to less than three yards per carry, two yards per carry – Tonga's doing his job. Yeah, and if he's like I said, eating blocks, and what I'm looking for is that strength up front. Because if you remember last year, without Eddie Goldman, whoever's playing knows. And there are some good reps from a guy like Mario Edwards, uh, John Jenkins as well. But by and large, the Bears are getting bullied up front in that A-gap. I want to see him hold his own down there. You know, Even if it's, uh, if he struggles with the ones but shows up with the twos, I'm, I'm still going to be encouraged by what I saw out of him. Um, but Nick, how about you? I'm actually curious your thoughts about Angelo Blackson and his case to shine or not uh, come this preseason game on Saturday afternoon. I'm glad you brought him up because I was going to do that today, Will. He had a he had some pretty good plays. I didn't even put it in my notes for today. But I think for him, just the limited action that he does see and when he gets subbed in for maybe it is a Bilal Nichols or whatever it may be, just see how he capitalizes on those. I, he had a couple of plays a day where just in the one-on-one drills, he was able to beat the opposing offensive lineman in the blocking drill and then also had a sack, and I'm forgetting who he, he split the sack with. But seeing that he can win those matchups, because I think if you add that to this defensive line mix, man, you have a really good group of people and also players that you just trust when guys need to take breaks. And we don't really know – and Matt Nagy hasn't been in very good communication with Eddie Goldman as of yet, which is kind of a little strange at this point, but you might have to rely on a, a you know, a Kyrus Tonga who's been taking those nose tackle reps with the first team when Eddie Goldman's out. And that just kind of goes into the depth rotation where you're going to be seeing more blacks. And so, yeah, that's a guy that I don't think he's going to play too, too much in this preseason, but he will, he definitely will see action because he's not considered the starter. So seeing how he can capitalize, he has a good first step, has a little bit of power and has, you know, some moves to go along with it. So I'm curious to see what he can do in these three preseason games. Yeah, I was very certain you were going to bring him up. Let's move over to linebackers, though. And I want to take a moment to discuss the curious case of an Alec Ogletree, uh, because we haven't yet on this podcast. And I know he's been making a ton of plays uh, throughout camp. Uh, It feels like an interception a day uh, before the joint practices. Am I correct there, Nick? Yeah, I think it's kind of calmed down with um, the Dolphins coming to town. But he just he likes looks to like pick off Bears quarterbacks. He does, but he, he also just fits though. He looks like he it's natural for him to wherever whether he needs to drop back or recognizes that there's a swing pass from a Dolphins running back. He made a couple of those plays in the first joint practice where 44 is there, and you know Alec Ogletree has just made consistently plays with Danny Trevathan's out, with Roquan Smith out. But, yeah, he's definitely been a nice little addition so far for, you know, this training camp practices because he's just – he's everywhere, really. Who's he a, the biggest threat to? Is it a Joel E.A. Booney way? Is it a Josh Woods, Christian Jones? I've seen some chatter about watch out Danny Trevathan, but I don't think we should go that far here in this conversation. I think that's a huge leap. Uh, I think he's still working his way to earn a spot – but we already kind of talked about this in our countdown to camp. This is kind of a tight group in terms of like where you would cut that line. So if they do keep them on, you're either losing Josh Woods or Joel E. Booneyway, if at least if I had my kind of say in it. Uh, but who do you think he's the biggest threat to? 
right now it's actually, I think, going to be Josh Woods, who hasn't been practicing. And Joel E.A. Buniwe has been with the kickoff team and the first team punt, you know, to to go down and, you know, cover punts. So he's getting the reps right now. Josh Woods is on the sidelines recovering from whatever injuries currently, um, you know, going through right now. So when you look at Alec Ogletree, who the Bears felt comfortable enough, you're going to run with the first team off of defense because we don't trust, you know, Joel. And obviously they, they trust Christian Jones. So right now, because Josh Woods is injured, he's in jeopardy. And we'll see how it kind of plays out as training camp goes on when Josh Woods gets back into the mix. But right now I think it's Josh Woods whose job is in jeopardy because at least Joel's out there. He doesn't do much, but he's out there. And that can count for something. It does count for availability is a lot. We've talked about that with a few players in the past, that their lack of availability was their downfall. So I think that's a very valid point, Nick. How about you, Mason? I'm curious if you want to go to the outside linebackers, what you're looking for here. You have guys like a Jeremiah Atachu making his Bears debut, Travis Gibson, who's coming off of a very good camp here so far, and you know, you have Ladarius Mack as well and Charles Snowden. So you kind of have, you know, your pick of the litter here. There's really the, the two ends of the spectrum that I'm going to be watching for. You're going to have the Travis Gibson, right, young guy who really should be taking that next step. Uh, he had some really nice plays, splash plays when I was there on Sunday. And can he, you know, be the one that spells like Khalil Mack, that, um, that lets Robert Quinn maybe take plays off so that he has some extra oomph when he's needed. And then you go to the other end of that spectrum to a Charles Snowden, where I didn't notice him a lot the one day I was there. Again, it was only one day, but he didn't really pop for me. And he was someone that, you know, was this top of the litter, undrafted free agent signing. You know, can you make the most of the opportunities you have or else you're going to end up on a practice squad? Yeah, which, hey, may be great if they can get him on a practice squad. And maybe that's a blessing in disguise if he does kind of get washed out throughout this preseason and kind of an unforgotten guy and other guys are making cuts and not being, you know, maybe it's not as high as a priority on the waiver wire. Maybe that's good for the Bears in the long term. Um, but, yes, I agree with you that even when I was at camp, he didn't really do much for me as much as I thought maybe he would, especially going up against some third stringers. Uh, is there anything else in the front seven that either of you wanted to bring up as a big kind of key that you're looking toward, or do you want to move over to the secondary? I have nothing else for the front seven, but the secondary, like right now, Will, without – to Sean Gibson, I was going to say Travis Gibson. There's been a like a, a fluctuation of guys that have been back there from DeAndre Houston Carson to Deion Bush, who got injured. Then you some you sometimes see Xavier uh, Crawford back there at safety. Like there's been a bunch of guys repping at that safety position. Eddie Jackson just came back, what, not too long ago. So there's been primarily backup safeties filling in these these key moments on the starting defense. So Really, any one of those guys I just mentioned, seeing how they do throughout these training camp practice or through these preseason, still a training camp, but like obviously, I think if DeAndre Houston Carson maybe is a little safer than the other guys that I mentioned because of what he did last season. But man, those other guys, they need to show something in this preseason and obviously against the Dolphins on Saturday to really feel safe about their job moving forward. 
Nick, do you think, though, the fact that the starters for the safeties, obviously that's not ideal to have the back end of your defense on the sidelines throughout camp, but it may end up making that bottom end of the depth chart just a little bit stronger heading into the regular season just with all that extra experience playing uh, with those starters for whoever ends up making the cut? I think so because I never expected to, you know, really write like – and like T's Tabor I can also put in there who's played a little bit of safety. Like him, Crawford, they're making some plays out there. And I think because they're getting those opportunities, especially going up against the Dolphins starting offensive unit and some of the weapons that they do have, it's made them better and just given them more opportunities to show that, hey, they there's a spot for them on this team. Whether And maybe it also all obviously goes on to the special teams aspect, but absolutely. Yeah, and it seems like, at least out of the safety group, every safety kind of has his day. You hear a good day from Marquis Christian. Then the next day, Jordan Lucas is popping. So once we get to the preseason, who's standing out? What you know? What string is that going up against? And just kind of weighting it all together uh, to kind of come up with some good concrete observations. How about you, Mason? Any secondary storylines you're following? I'm personally hoping that you know Artie Burns and Trey Roberson can you know continue to make some noise. I think. Uh, Artie Burns, based off what I've heard, and Nick, please correct me if I'm wrong, has had a, a little bit of a better camp than a Trey Roberson right now. I think early on it was mm-hmm. Artie Burns, but just the f- couple last practices, Trey Roberson's popped up a little Good. bit more. So we've been seeing a little bit more of 31 making some plays, but Artie Burns was definitely in the mix early on. But I would say, what, 20? Am I forgetting his number already because he's not making that play? Yeah, 25 is been a little non-existent as of late and you know that's what this preseason's for i think this is where we'll definitely see those guys kind of pop a little bit more but yeah for sure that's definitely somebody that we all should be watching for yeah without a doubt how about you mason what's on your radar man yeah so it was interesting uh when Dion bush went out uh that one day initially jordan lucas came in and it's really hard to keep track of some of these just because you know they're mixing and matching obviously the starting safeties were both out so you have to take all this with a grain of salt. But Jordan Lucas came in, and he wasn't in there that long, and all of a sudden they threw T-Stabor in. And then it was like, and then T-Stabor had, it seemed like, 20 minutes of run. And it was like, oh, okay. So maybe he's a little better off than we thought. And then today there's a report about there was that one play where Jalen Johnson got beat by uh, Mike Kosicki, I believe, and T-Stabor was able to dislodge it before he was able to come down with a touchdown. So he just keeps popping up too. So now he's a guy who... I don't think it was really on any of our radars when we were doing our countdown to camp. It was really Jordan Lucas and your guy, Marky Christian, that were really the ones to talk about. Um, but now he's really popping up. So he's someone I'm going to keep an eye on. Uh, like I believe Nick said, Xavier Crawford, he seems like a nice hybrid guy. He can do a little bit of both safety and corner. And that's something that's always nice to have basically, you know, two positions for the price of one. So I'm really excited to see how those back ends going to play. Because that can kind of save you a spot, too, especially if you have a guy that can do both. Right. And Tease, I think, in Countdown, we had him as a corner because that's where he's played throughout his career. And then the Bears decided to move him over to safety, and no one knew until we got to the training camp. So maybe a little bit of a you know a breath of fresh air there for Tabor, who struggled throughout his career. And now here in Chicago, maybe we can see what he can do come the preseason. But, guys, let's get into the gain and the lose, just like we did with the offense. So on defense, who do you think has the most to gain uh, with a strong game on Saturday afternoon? And, Nick, I'll go to you first. Duke Shelley is a guy that I think has the most to gain. If he shows that he looks like he should be the starter, and right now he, he I think it's trending in that direction. But if he just solidifies that by having a really good game, against some some shifty guys from 
you know, the Miami Dolphins, Jalen Waddle, Grant is also a, a guy that has a lot of speed. If he can match those guys, man, that I think that is a good spot for Duke Shelley to be in, but also for the Bears for themselves to feel like, I think we know who we want to go with at the nickel corner. But, you know, earlier on in tra- training camp practices, you had Marquis Christian being kind of like that nickel hybrid there as well. So, but I think if Duke Shelley has a good performance against the Dolphins and throughout this preseason, yeah, he has the most scan for sure. How about you, Mason? We talked about how congested that inside linebacker position is. I think it has to be Alec Ogletree to go from a guy who had two tryouts with the Bears, happened to just be at Hallis Hall to watch the Olympics, chatted with the coaches, get signed and make the splashes that he'd made. That, that's huge, right? He's going from literally potentially not having a job to having a job. So for me... He has to be the one that has the most to gain from this, just an opportunity to play football again. For sure, without a doubt. Uh, He was second on my list. First up on my most to gain uh, was Trey Roberson. Uh, He right now wasn't even, I think, in the top three in terms of the depth chart. He's on the other column. And Nick, like you said, he's been kind of getting some stronger play out of him in practice. So in a game setting, can he start to break away from the pack a bit or at least work up the pecking order on this depth chart? Because obviously, if you're looking at that unofficial depth chart, he's not on this team. He's currently not making this team. It's someone that the Bears sought after in the CFL, thought highly of, was devastated when he got hurt last offseason, and now he's back. So can he make a case to find a spot on this team and limited roster spots that it is here in the secondary? As we mentioned, some guys may be playing hybrid roles. be real interesting to see how it all shakes out, but Trey Roberson needs to show out in a game in order to make his best case to make this roster. But how about who has the most to lose here on defense? And Mason, I'll go to you first. I want to go with Desmond Trufant. Because if he ultimately loses that starting job at Kendall Hildor, we talked about how those second and third stringers you have to contribute on special teams. Do you really need the th- him to be your special teams guy? Especially with the kind of contract he has, which we talked about again in Countdown to Camp, very easily could get cut and save a couple, you know, some, some money there. So if he gets hurt, if Vildor shows out, all these things, True Font might be looking for another job. I don't want to compare two players that I can't really draw a comparison from other than they're a veteran NFL player, but I saw what Ted Ginn Jr.'s effort was on special teams last year, and I feel like Desmond Trufant, someone who was a starter most of his career, probably would not like that role so much. I would expect maybe similar effort just due to that fact, so I agree with you, Mason. Uh, But how about you, Nick? Desmond Trufant, by the way, Mason, was number one on my list, but how about you, Nick? Who do you think has the most to lose? Before I tell you mine, I'll always have, I guess, maybe a special place for Desmond Trufant because that's the first player I asked a question to as a credentialed Aww. media. So Aww. I'm like, oh, I asked, I asked Desmond Trufant a question. And I actually had to repeat myself because he couldn't hear me because my mask muffled my voice. Or I just didn't talk loud enough. Who knows? But um, I completely agree with that one, uh, Mason. But another guy, it has to go back to the inside linebackers and Josh Woods or Joel E.A. Buniwe. Both those guys have to play, I think, spectacular and really show this coaching staff, I deserve to stay here, despite you bringing in Alec Ogletree and also Christian Jones, which really shows your hand of what you think about us. But they need to have a really good preseason and just light it up in, in training camp. And so far, that did not happen in so in through, what, 13 days of training camp? Not much has happened between both of those guys. And like I said earlier, Josh Woods is injured. 
Now, Joel hasn't really capitalized on his injury in terms of making splash plays to show that he should stay. So those guys definitely have, you know, the most to lose, and they can easily lose their spot on this roster. Okay, so you took number two on my list, and I only put <laughs> two. So on the spot, number three, most to lose. I'm going to say Eddie Goldman uh, not being there. And if Tonga shows that he can be serviceable, and I know it's not going to be fair to say he can play at an Eddie Goldman type of level, but if he can at least show the Bears that, hey, I can at least be serviceable and I can hold the fort down, then maybe the Bears don't have to, I don't know, what's going on with Eddie. As you mentioned, they haven't been having those conversations, haven't been connecting. So maybe that kind of eases some concern that I'm sure is kind of creeping into Sean Desai's mind, Matt Nagy's mind, and really probably in the entire defense uh, without their star nose tackle out there. So I think Eddie Goldman could have a lot to lose if Tonga shows that he does belong or at least fits well enough to kind of mitigate the damage. All right, and just like the offense guys wrap it up on defense, what are some of those big lessons that you expect uh, us to learn on this side of the ball when it's all said and done? Just looking for your top lesson here. Let's go to Mason. Top lesson is essentially trying to learn our, our which kind of defense is. Is it 2020 Bears? Is it 2018 Bears? Or can we settle somewhere in the middle? Right? Like, Can there be pressure on the quarterback that helps the secondary create turnovers? Because that was the calling card of 2018. Yep, absolutely. Would love to see some of that getting built right away. Nick, do you think they would take the takeaway bucket on field? Is that allowed? I don't think that is allowed, but it does go into what I think is going to be the lesson that the Bears are going to show throughout this preseason. It's really just re-energized. And I think you're seeing that through the training camp practices, that the takeaway bucket and just what the this defense is doing once it makes those turnover-type plays. And the Bears had a bunch of them today against the Dolphins' first-team offense. So re-energize, but in other words, like movement, I guess, because of what Eddie Jackson was saying in his press conference. Like, Sean Desai is going to have him all over. He's not just going to be a boundary type of safety, just not going to be in the middle of the field. He's going to be everywhere, and I think that plays into the strengths of Eddie Jackson, but also the strengths of what this defense is capable of, not knowing where guys are going to be on any given play. So a re-energized and also maybe unpredictable defense from Sean Desai are going to be the lessons that we're going to gain, maybe even after just preseason game one, because they can definitely get after you know opposing offenses, and we've seen that in the past. I think it's going to trap just carry over with Sean Desai now as a DC. Love it, yeah, and that kind of leads into mind, which I believe we're going to learn since we'll see all three you know strings, if not even some fourth, fifth string guys out there. We're going to learn that outside linebacker depth is so much better than it was a year ago. Uh, it was one of those pain points for this defense. Uh, Cleo Mack, even though he wasn't at his 100% when he was off the field, there's a huge kind of drop tick. You know, Mingo played well, but it wasn't up to a standard that I'm expecting from a Jeremiah Atachu. Uh, I think Travis Gibson's going to prove that his growth is real. And then outside of just those guys, uh, as we mentioned earlier, Khalil Mack has that pep back. Robert Quinn, I know he's been dealing with a little back tightness, but when I was there, he looked pretty quick, and he looked like he was also on the up and up. So I think just from the top down, that outside linebacker, just entire depth is going to be on full display, and we're going to know that we're in a much better spot than we were a year ago. We can get that pass rush, and this is a good group of guys. 
All right, moving on to special teams for a quick hit over on this side of the ball. Uh, I'm curious what we're all watching for here. Is it going to be Santos and how much time he gets compared to the other kicker on the roster, Brian Johnson? Is it how well Scales is long snapping, O'Donnell punting, or perhaps, I don't know, maybe this is just my hunch, but we're going to be paying attention to seeing, you know, how guys are doing returning kicks and punts. Like, uh, you know, Mason's guy, Khalil Herbert, uh, Demir Bird as the punt returner. I know those are some guys vying for those spots. And then most importantly, Who's getting those first team special team reps? Because that's going to show you who is really those front runners to make that bottom end of the roster. Is there anything else that we need to hit on, Nick? And that's a quick hit of special teams. The only other thing, Jordan Lucas actually got some first team reps at kick returner today too. And I think based off the blocking, I know they're not really wrapping up. It looked like he had a pretty good um, running lane and would have had a nice gain on off a of kick return. So that's another guy to add to the mix with Khalil Herbert for that kick returner. But I'm sure we're going to see a bunch of guys back there at punt return, kick return, but I think those are the main two. Well, I'm only expecting to return one kick this entire game. So punts maybe, but kick returns, just one. I mean, that works too. That works too. (laughs) No, we need to see those reps. I can see Sean out there. Let him score. We need to see what Khalil Herbert can do. Uh, Probably not. Uh, But how about you, Mason? Anything in the third phase that is on your radar that you want to mention on the show? I think he pretty much covered it, but like Nick said earlier too, I mean, the guys like, you know, Ibaniwe, Woods, I mean, they have to show out on the special teams. Ibaniwe already has, you know, a little bit of a leg up on that because even last year he definitely, you know, carried a lot of that special team load. Some of the tight ends, what, what can they do, right? Can can a Horstead help? That was my biggest gripe for Horstead was I didn't really see him do much on special teams. So can he do something? there that can maybe make him a, the third fourth tight end that maybe gets kept around uh and then of course my guy Quill herbert take one to the house let's do it just come on do it for me you know you know when you're in the press box you can't just be jumping up and down i'll silently celebrate maybe a solid fist pump all right I, i'll give you one no, no doubt about it all right so gentlemen it's time for the final segment here of our show and first and foremost, uh, what's, we're going to do a few different things. We're going to do some over-under. We're going to fill in some blanks, make some bold predictions. We're going to do a game pick. Just We need to get into the flow as well. That way, once we get to the regular season, we're feeling good about it. And maybe just a little bit more along the way. So let's go ahead and jump on into the over-under here of game one and the preseason. I just have two. Uh, I have 205 total yards for Justin Fields. If you're wondering how I got 205, Mitchell Trubisky's preseason debut against the Broncos, he had 204 yards, 166 through the air, 38 on the ground. So, Nick, I'll go to you first. Does Justin Fields go over or under 205 for the day? I think it's over because I'm pretty sure, like, Mitchell Trubisky was on a leash. Like, you know, they had him on – they just didn't want him to do much. And yet he did put up 204. Justin Fields is easily capable, especially the amount of playing time he's most likely going to get. I think he goes over the 204 there. I had it at 205, so hopefully. I'll go to it. Now, I, I can easily <laughs> see him getting like 250, 260 in total yards for sure. All right, right on. How about you, Mason? Uh, 205 total yards for Fields. You can take the over or under. I'm going to take the over as well. Uh, again, it's preseason, so the defensive look shouldn't be too exotic. You should be able to read that, dice it up. I mean, if you start on the 20, just one touchdown drive is already going to get you, in theory, like close to 80 yards there, hopefully. 
it, it, I think he, especially the amount of playing time he's going to get, or at least what it seems like he's going to get, that should be pretty easily done. All right. And the last over under three total turnovers on the day uh, by both teams. It's preseason. I'm expecting some sloppy football, but are we going to see more than three total turnovers by both teams combined? Mason? I'm going to say under on that. I mean, there might be like one interception on the day from Tua and then like a fumble on a punt or kick return from someone. Uh, but I think overall it should be relatively clean. Okay. Uh, I don't know if I believe you, uh, just at least personally, I've seen some preseason week ones. They get sloppy, especially after you get down to that third string. But Nick, how about you? You're going to take the over or under? I'll go over as well. I forgot what game I was, what was the Hall of Fame game? It was at the Steelers and Cowboys. I don't even remember, but there was, there was a lot of sloppiness in that one as well. So I'll go over. Bears defense took the ball away clearly a lot today. The Dolphins were getting after the Bears the day before. They'll, they'll do it again on, on Saturday. So I'll go four total turnovers. All right. Let's uh, fill in some blanks. Just got two of these as well. Uh, I just need a name for this one. So the player whose stock will rise the most in this game is blank Mason. I mean, I'm going to take the low hanging fruit. It's going to be Justin Fields. It's just, he's going to, I just have a feeling he's going to look electric and the, and then all of Chicago is going to erupt. It's just his, his stock's going to skyrocket. Buy now, buy low. And I don't know if I'd ever sell it. Um, but Nick, how about you? Uh, who's the player that you think stock will rise the most? I think it was Javon Wims who had his stock rose after the hall of fame game. So I'm going to go wide receiver, but I'll go John V. Johnson in this one being, you know, maybe the recipient of, of a lot of those passes from Justin Fields throughout the game. So John V. Johnson's my guy. Awesome. I'm going to go with Jesse James. Uh, I know we've seen it in practice, but we need to see it in the game. I know he's already tied in three on the depth chart. Um, I think a lot of fans would love to see that chemistry in, uh, you know, on national television for him to really cement that roster spot. I think if he just has one good game with Justin Fields, hands down, he's making this team, even if Jesper Horstead goes off in, you know, preseason game two or something of that nature. So that's someone I think could really rise his stock, really cement his stock in a very similar fashion. I guess if you look at defense, Alec Ogletree uh, as well. Um, and the last fill in the blank, uh, my biggest concern heading into this preseason game is blank. And mine is protection for Justin Fields. Nick. Protection for the, all the quarterbacks. Cause I, you know, Nick Foles has to go in there as well. And you know what? <laughs> I, I know I've written it down somewhere who the third string linemen are, but Poor Nick Foles, poor all the guys, really, because they are really beat up in that position. But I think that is the biggest concern across the board for the Bears. Who is actually going to be playing in the line and how are they going to do? Yeah, without a doubt. How about you, Mason? I'll just go with, you know, unnecessary injuries in general. Like you don't want to see an instance where on the third play of the game, Roquan Smith's filling a hole and all of a sudden he tears his pack again. Just one of those you know, head in your hand moments where it's like, man, all he had to do was make one more series and he would have been done for the day. So that's where my biggest concern lies. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's always a huge one. Once you get to the preseason, uh, let's do two true or falses. The first one true or false. The offensive line concerns will be ever so heightened after this game. Uh, do you think it's going to get worse, Nick? You've seen it in person though. So I'm curious if for you personally, if it, if it can get worse. <sighs> 
It definitely can because now this isn't practice. You can't stop and not hit Justin Fields. Yes, you can. The green light, it all go for these defenders. So I think, yeah, you're going to see the struggles of this offensive line, and hopefully this will make Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace figure out something. There, I know there's not many options, but, yeah, for sure. I think after this game it's really going to show how bad it currently is, and it will, it'll get better. Guys will get healthy. James Daniels will be back, guys like that. But, yeah, after one preseason game, you're going to see how, how beat up this offensive line really is. Mason, do you agree? Is that true? Or are you going to go false? So Nick and I were sitting in the stands watching the Bears trot out their second team. And they go. Justin Fields goes to hand off the ball. I believe it was Tyrone Wheatley might have gotten blown by on the right side by Khalil Mack and just destroyed the play. The next play, Alec Ogletree blows through the line again by, I can't remember who was playing guard, but Wheatley was on the right tackle again, blows up the run play. Third play of the game, or that little series, unfortunately, Fields had to scramble for his life. It was instant. He had a roll to the left, incomplete pass. Oh, look at that. That little series was done. Yes, the line is a concern. It's going to continue to be a concern. And unless something, some major injuries recover soon or they make an addition, which is very hard with their cap situation and what some of these guys might be asking for. It's going to be rough looking to week one. Okay. And the final true or false, Alec Ogletree gets a pick. Nick? True. He he has to. I think it just has to. It hasn't happened yet in these joint practices. So he's got to go back on his interception streak. I think he had like six when, you know, just coming in into these Bears training camp practices. So true. He's getting an interception one of those four that I mentioned earlier. Mason. True. Absolutely. He's going to get back on the horse because he's due for one. Come on. It's been what, like two whole days since he has an interception? Like, come on, man. Pick up your game. Seriously. Come on now. All right. Bold predictions time. So, our first bold predictions of the 2021 season, albeit a preseason game. My first bold prediction of the year four touchdowns for Justin Fields, which. Eh, okay, that's bold, but I want to try to project how this is going to go. So we're going to do two to Jesse James, one to John V. Johnson, and then one on the ground. I think that would be about where it's going to fall. So for me, four touchdowns, exactly as I said it would happen. Not particularly in that order. Mason, how about you? It's going to be your bold prediction for this Bears preseason week one matchup. Khalil Herbert will have two touchdowns. One rushing or passing. I'm fine with either one of those. And one will be a kick return. Wow. Like throwing the ball, like receiving. He's going to run or catch a touchdown. Okay. There we go. Well, he said passing. So I did want to know. Maybe we're going to have some trickery here. And then no, not quite wrong. yet. Not That'd quite be nuts. yet. We'll save that juice for later. That's right. Let's keep that one under wraps. So that could be, I don't know. I was going to say Santa Slade 2.0, but that's not creative at all. Nick, how about you? Uh, what's going to be your bold prediction, man? First play of the game that Justin Fields is in there. And this is going to be the starting offensive line. He's going to connect for, uh, it's going to be envisioning seeing the field, a 76-yard touchdown down the right sideline to Chris Lacey, and Soldier Fields is just going to lose their freaking minds. But first play, gets in there. Deep, deep ball. Shows everything that you want to see out of the quarterback. And then they're going to, of course, show the close-up to Andy Dalton. He's going to have you know, a pretty sour look. But also be excited at the same time because, hey, they're, they're winning the game or whatever. But 
first play of the game, 76-yard touchdown to Chris Lacey, right sideline. I think Dalton's a pro. I think he cheered him on uh, through all mm-hmm. those highs, yeah. even if it affects uh, him personally not being on the field. Uh, let's go ahead and do some game picks. Uh, I don't really think we need to do a lot of deep analysis of why the score is going to be what we say. Uh, I just want to throw it out there just for fun sake. Uh, so for me, I have Bears 31, Dolphins 28 in a game where the points do not matter. Mason, how about you? Close, uh, 34 Bears, 14 Dolphins. All right, Nick? 24 to 20 Bears. All right. So last thing we need to do here is give out our confidence meter. Maybe this isn't for a Bears victory since it's preseason, but maybe a confidence in this being a productive preseason game, uh, players playing to the level that we want or the players that stand out that we hope. So I don't know. You can figure it out for yourself. You can give me your own confidence meter with any variable uh, that you would like. Uh, So, Nick, I'll go to you first. What's going to be your confidence meter for this game? So I'll say an eight, and this goes to just maybe figuring out some of those questions that we have, whether it's at who's the starting corner, how long they're playing, just seeing who's there. Um, also at depth, at wide receiver, who's making those plays. I think in, in just one game, we'll get more of a an answer of who those people can be down the road. But obviously you got to put it all together with the other two preseason games. But I'll go an eight. This will be productive in terms of what we want to see help us get some answers to some questions that we still have. And also just to reassure everybody that, Hey, the offensive line's an issue. And we're going to see that in this game. All right. How about you, Mason? Uh, 6.2. I, while I'm, yes, we're going to get a lot of things answered. The cornerback position, maybe a little clarity into quarterback, uh, you know, maybe, you know, seeing some nice play from some of our starters on defense, things like that. For me, that offensive line issue or potential issue is going to be such a rain cloud because if you don't have an offensive line that can, that's just a sieve, then what are you going to be able to do, right? Like it's now we're going back to the years where we have Rex Grossman not being able to go drive and we don't have Devin Hester to return kicks and be our offense. So it's something that's a big concern for me and it really brings me down and you can tell I'm just sad about it. Yeah, just uh, just a little bit, but no, agreed. That offensive line kind of hurts where I'm at too. I'll split the difference though at a seven. Uh, I feel like on defense we're going to get some solid answers. Uh, starters, are, you know, the ones that are there are solidified. I feel like with like guys like a Kendall Vildor should show out, or at least we'll get a good answer as to at least where this battle's at right now. And I think at this stage of the preseason, uh, to me, that's a win uh, in my book. And then from there, offense, even though the offensive line uh, has its struggles, I believe Justin Fields, as he has in practice, can overcome uh, those woes up front, extending the pocket with his legs, making some really cool throws that are going to have all of us you know, out of our seats and just excited. So for me, I'm at about a seven. Uh, Obviously you would hope to have a few more starters up front to kind of get some reps as we talked about earlier in the show in great length. I'm not going to get into it, um, but that's just kind of where I stand right now. Mason, final thoughts as we wrap up. I'm just so excited for bears football to be back and not just for it to be back, but to have fans in the stands, to have that energy back and to have it, with a potential franchise quarterback waiting in the wings that we get to watch for realsies. Yeah, for realsies this time. Uh, it's tremendous, uh, without a doubt. Nick, how about you? What's your final thought? Final thought, I'm I'm excited to be covering a game, you know, credentialed media for the first time. It's I know it's just first preseason game, but 
been a long time coming. So I'm just interested to see how that process goes and honestly, where we're going to do the podcast afterwards. I've been thinking about the, the entire time. Where is this going to happen? But we'll find out once we get there, once the game's over with. We'll be sitting on the sidewalk outside of Soldier Field, on those steps, actually, uh, on that south entrance. You can just okay. you can just perch up there. You can put your you know phone camera in front of us, and you know, we'll make it work. But hopefully we can do it sooner. We can do it somewhere inside of Soldier Field, and uh, that'll be tremendous. But we'll figure it out. But you're right. That is definitely something that I'll be thinking about after this show and probably keeping me up at night. Like, how are we going <laughs> to do this pod? But if we can do it in Bourbon A, Illinois, by golly, we can find a way to do it in Chicago. Uh, for me, my final thought, hey, it's only preseason, you know, so don't take everything you know, verbatim uh, for either good or for bad. Uh, but enjoy the game. It's our first first preseason game in two years. Uh, we get to watch the Bears and Justin Fields. Uh, I know I'll be enjoying it. I'm sure you all will be too. And I'm excited to see you know, which cream starts to rise to the top. Uh, so that's going to do it, Bears fans. Thanks again for tuning into this episode of the Chicago Audible. I hope that you feel ready for your first Bears football action of the year on Saturday afternoon. Uh, make sure to help us out by subscribing to our YouTube channel. I think we just hit 7,500 uh, subscribers over here. Uh, so thank you so much for everyone who has subscribed to our channel. And if you haven't yet, please leave a review of our show over on Apple Podcasts to help us reach more Bears fans like you, like us, and help us lead to maybe more sponsorships along the way. So as Nick mentioned, we don't know exactly how soon after the game we will be back for our post-game show, but regardless, we will have that show as soon as humanly possible. And I'm excited to break down this game in its entirety right along my co-hosts. But until then, bear down, Chicago. All right, guys, as you know, I've been working hard over here behind the scenes to get a Chicago Audible merch store up and running on our site. And uh, I just want to let you guys know it's practically done. Uh, We'll have over 20 different items for sale at our launch. And it'll be the first time that we've had a merch store since December of 2018. So I think that's pretty cool. I'm curious. I shared the store with both of you. What is your favorite piece of gear that I shared? Nick? I like the, and I forget the the full name, but just where it's a traditional logo, and then it has also the logo on the sleeve there. I think that's a really clean look, and you can rock that anywhere supporting the podcast, but that's definitely one of my favorite ones for sure. Hey, sometimes, you know, the classics are best. How about you, Mason? Is there one that kind of sticks out to you? I got those snapback hats for you with the flat bill. Oh, oh we got the flat bills? All right, that's a new favorite then. Because <laughs> at first we had the dad hat only, and I'm like, man, I'm... I know I just turned 30, but I, I can't rock that dad hat yet. I gotta, I need my flat brim. I understand completely. Uh, I like the one with our logo in different blocks. I'm going to call it our block shirt. I've been kind of toying around with a few different names, but I know it just has a special place uh, in, in my heart, uh, maybe because I actually had the idea and designed it, although the design is already kind of there for us. But the best part about this store, it's already live and running. Uh, we actually had one order already come through. Someone found it. Uh, so that's tremendous. I just have some small tidying up that I need to do, some editing and descriptions and things of that nature before we actually start launching it, promoting it. So while we're here, and this is after the outro, I just wanted to give those loyal listeners who are sticking around with us this late in what was an already very 
long show. Uh, a pretty sweet deal. How does that sound, Nick? I mean, I think that sounds awesome. So hopefully to whoever's listening, they'll, you know, get in on this. Yeah, so if they want to pick up some Chicago Audible merch, you know, like a T-shirt, a tank, a hat, a coffee mug, uh, you can do so anytime on our website, chicagoaudible.com slash shop. Uh, you can also just go to our homepage, chicagoaudible.com, and it's already in our menu. You just hit the button, and you'll see the shop. I even put the little shopping cart emoji there. Uh, it's pretty nifty stuff. Uh, so here's that sweet deal. You can use the code UNO, U-N-O, and that will give you... 25% off your entire order uh, just to show our appreciation again uh, we'd love it if you'd rep some TCA gear we won't get a ton of profit uh, after taking the 25% off but more importantly I want you to have some Chicago Audible merch in your hands because I know a lot of you out there have been asking when can you get a store back up and I know it took some time but I'm glad that it's here and it's on our own website instead of having to be housed uh, somewhere else so again you can get 25% off your entire order with the code UNO U N. Oh, Nick, how do you like that code? Love the code. Justin Fields would appreciate that. And as a dog owner, of course, Uno would appreciate that as well. Well, Mason had the idea. He got us there. So thank you, Mason. Well, you know, you asked me what would be a good code. I had my dog laying on the bed next to me, and I was like, you know what? Let's, let's represent Uno, right? The unsung hero of the Fields family. <laughs> Without a question. So that code, I'm going to keep it active, I think, until about week one of the regular season. So that's plenty of time in case right now is not a good time for you, but you listen to this and you want to partake in this deal. I'll keep it open for just about a month, uh, just to kind of show our thanks for your support. Uh, and fellas, uh, that being Nick and Mason, uh, I'll see you on Soldier Field on Saturday. See ya. Uh, so excited. <laughs>